Welcome to Real Estate Happenings with Nana Company Properties. We are revealing all of our secrets to help you become a successful realtor. Are you ready? Ready? Welcome back to Real Estate Happenings, your go-to podcast for all things real estate. Today, I'm your host, Thomas Uresti, joined by Jason Nguyen. How are you, Jason? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing good. I see you're killing it this year with all of your deals. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Just trying. <laughs> <laughs> well, today we're going to be talking about something everyone who has ever or will ever go through a real estate transaction needs to know about. Negotiating. Whether you are a home buyer, seller, or realtor, knowing how to properly negotiate can make a huge difference in the final sell price of the home. So let's get right into it. Okay, so what are a few things that you would normally do when it comes to negotiation? Because I know that you and I have two very different ways to negotiate. So I know you are more of a numbers person. Me, I'm more of a, I guess, emotional get into with the agent kind of negotiator. Um, I find that... As in like you being a bitch then? No, not a bitch. (laughs) I am nice, and then if they're not nice, then I'm petty. Oh, okay. <laughs> but no, so I usually go into it with like two different strategies. One of them is, look, both of our goal is to get to the closing table. That's mm-hmm. the nitty-gritty of our job. We want to make money. We want to make our sellers happy. We want to make our buyers happy. So usually what I do is if I'm representing a seller, you know, I just kind of tell the buyer's agent, you know, submit an offer. Let's see where your client's headspace is. And then from there, it's a, okay, we have the offer in hand. I present it to my seller. Now that I know where my seller's headspace is, now that they have an actual offer, let me talk to the agent and let's see what we can do together to make sure that all parties win. Because last thing I want to do is fight with you because I'm going to have to spend the next 30 to 45 days talking to you on a daily basis about this deal. And I don't want it to start off on the bad foot. But I know there are some agents where they're like, well, just give me their counter and we'll go from there. They don't really want to have that conversation. They've kind of put a halt to that and they put that wall up. When they do that, then it's kind of telling me mentally, okay, now you have to be more pressed on this agent. You have to be more difficult. You have to be on their level when it comes to, I guess, either the stubbornness or the wanting to play that hardball kind of game when at the end of the day we are probably both going to come to the same agreement had we just been nice to each other yeah that's true um how do you typically negotiate (laughs) uh yeah i think uh, well with that um so so my style of negotiating is that i would like to find out what the other person's ain't end goal is, you know, whether it's a seller, a buyer, or investors, builders, you know, because especially with investors and sellers, like they most often than not, the end goal is the price, like they what they're going to walk away from it, because a lot of people, they don't, you know, if they're only putting the house up for sale, they have some sort of detachment from that already. So they want to see what is they gonna bring home, you know, after the deal's done. So that's where my focus is. Like I would um, get 
so I would get them to tell me like, okay, well, here are a few things that I want, you know, like, okay, we, we need, need to make a certain amount of um, profit. And I would go back and tell the other agent to, to structure the deal in a certain way where it's, benefit, it's benefiting the buyer, of course, but mainly get the seller um, the number that they wanted. So, yeah, so it's more like, I'm more detached in that sense. And as far as with buyers go, uh, especially first-time home buyers, I'm lay hard into the emotional aspect of it, is that they, you know, they don't know what they're doing. They, uh, they get very excited or like very frustrated with a deal. I kind of like gauge them with, uh, with their emotional level and kind of go from there. Um, you know, either uh, uh, get them the best deal because sometimes they want it, you know, like the lowest price that you can get for them. Sometimes it's, they say that they want to, to bring anything to closing. Sometimes it's like, oh, I want all this upgrades, as in like new paint colors, new, you know, stove or what have you. So it's more emotional based and I kind of, that's the kind of the route that I want to take with buyers. Yeah, because I've done deals with you before, and it's funny how you and I have, like, different avenues of working at it, because, like, the last deal that we were on together, I was more like, guys, just, come on, it's a few thousand bucks, just just do it, just, like, be done with it, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, like, it's not, it's a minuscule amount, but then with your clients, you went from, like, this huge number that we all started off and then at the end of it, it became like this small fraction of it. And I'm like, how did you do that? He's like, I don't even remember, but I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And that's just how it goes. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, you do you and we got it done. So that's all that matters. I mean, yeah, because a lot of the time it's, uh, I think on, in in that particular situation, I think like the buyer was more, it was a little bit in between the emotional base and, you know, like, because he's, he's the one to paying for everything, of course, that he has to, like, care about, you know, the, the, the ending number. However, I like to um, think of a different route to go about it, you know, than just, oh, let's, let's put this, um, uh, like, tie them in with contracts because... That's not my main focus because with contract, it's pretty much the same on, you know, like this, different things that you can tweak on a contract, but ma- the majority of the contract stays the same. So, you know, and if they are doing financing, then that would be like the 50% of the uh, deal. So I just focus on that, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's a, like I said, it's a very detached way of doing business, yeah, and <laughs> but I, I kind of like it. <laughs> and I think what you mentioned just now can kind of lead into the current climate that we're in now when it comes to multiple offer situations, a very busy climate, and, you know, you were mentioning about terms. Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times some agents and multiple offers, they focus so much on that main number, the sales price number, rather than focusing on the full picture, which is the terms, your financing Mm -hmm. terms. You know, if you're in a multiple offer and you have a conventional loan, you may want to waive that buyer's approval or you may want to waive that appraisal contingency to make your client win because then it kind of ties them into, okay, you really want this house that bad, then 
if you have to pay a little bit more, then you have to pay a little bit more rather than, you know, giving them, you know, sticking with the five day objection period, the 10 or 14 day option, the 21 day financing contingency, all those things in a multiple offer, just do your client a big detriment. So, I mean, I think that's a lot of agents don't also put into that aspect as well. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I think it just, you know, it's, that's why I think is the main thing that you need to find out a lot of the time is what's the other person's goal is, you know, like, are, are they, um, like, do they really want this house and they want to just, uh, just get it, they don't care about the money, you know, then sure, you know, like, we can take all that terms out and make it easier for the seller, uh, please them and get them their number. And, or sometimes the buyer is the one that like, oh, I want to feel protected. I want to feel like like this is a safe investment. Um, then you have to throw in, um, you know, like uh, a home warranty, uh, extra repair costs and things like that. So, yeah, so it's, I've been, those are very two very different situations and it's two very different goals yeah. as well. And... Um, yeah, so, and then also a lot of people, they want to come to price, especially um, sometimes it's like the, the money aspect of it is that people want, that they, they don't want to go above a certain number for their monthly mortgage. But also on the flip side, it's also, it could be like bragging rights as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like, oh, I got the best price out of all of y'all. You know, like I have the equity. And on the other hand, is that I, oh, this is my financial goal. I don't want to go above that. You know, so it's, it's situational and you need to find out what the other person's goal is at the end of the day. So you, you can tweak it, the, you can tweak the deal so, so it can have that outcome. Yeah, completely agree. Well, um, so what is some of your um, negotiation do's and don'ts? Um, when it comes to negotiating do's and don'ts, I, one thing that like, it goes back to what I said before. One thing that I like to do is I like to try to befriend the agent if I don't already know the agent because they want a smooth process. I want a smooth process. And at the end of the day, we want to make both of our clients happy. So that's one thing that I like to do. One thing that I don't like to do when it comes to negotiating is I don't like to start off with a lowball offer because mm -hmm. whether you're in the climate that we're in now or whether you're in a complete buyer's market you have to be reasonable and you have to make your clients reasonable in the sense of okay if we're going to offer less than asking price we need to figure out what is a good number that is enough to get a response but not enough that's going to insult them to where they're going to say you know what i don't even want to deal with you because then again, you're starting off on a bad foot and they're already going to think, okay, well, do I really want to go into negotiations and under contract with this buyer? Because then we still have inspections. Mm -hmm. Then are they going to be difficult during inspections? So like setting that for your client of, okay, if we're going to offer less than ask, we need to offer something that's not so lowball that it's offensive. Mm -hmm. So I that's agree. one real estate negotiating don't that I hate to do is just doing it. Now, if a client's very persistent about it, I'll set up the expectations of like, okay, we're going to very low. You know, don't be surprised if we don't get a response or don't be surprised if they say, sorry, but we're going to come down 
$1,000 off of asking price or $2,000 off of asking price. Don't be offended if they're offending you because you've offended them. So that's kind of what my biggest don't is. What about yours? Hmm. Uh, well, one of the don'ts that I, um, especially in this climate where people are throwing money at seller and they pick whoever willing to pay the highest, I don't like to, <clears throat> because of that, I don't like to recommend my buyers especially to pay to go above and beyond the asking price if they not so married to this house or, or a, a house for example because again like with i look at houses as investments i don't look at them as you know a something that i have an emotional connection with you know like even before i move into the house i i already thought think about how much I can sell it for. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> you know, um, so for, to me, over, overpaying for something, especially first-time homebuyers or like second-time homebuyers even, uh, overpaying for a house that has no guarantee in return in value um, is a big no-no for me because, like I said, like you, if you buy the house, because um, I, I have this... Um, uh, how I work this. So I have been always been raised with this saying that, oh, you never buy a most expensive house in a neighborhood. Like you go buy the cheapest so everybody else can, you know, pull your value up. And I hold that near and dear to my heart. <laughs> and, you know, and then I don't think that in this, uh, especially in this uh, uh, market right that we have right now, I don't, I think we have to, dread very um, carefully around the over asking price um, or, or over offering on yeah. the um, a property. So when it comes to negotiating a deal, and I know we probably all have one, what's one deal for you that negotiations kind of went the opposite way than what you expected? Or that either your clients didn't get their way or they got their way because the other party was trying to play hardball or trying to play a bluff. Um, <clears throat> and it wasn't a deal. It was more so a... Um, uh, like my, my, so it was a offer that we, we weren't even like go under contract or, um, or anything like that. Uh, it was a offer that was with a builder and you know how sometimes with builder they have um the listing price and if you meet that they would give you whatever you want mm -hmm. but in this situation because the market is so hot they're asking people to place bids on the house mm -hmm. instead of offers that's what the word that they use would be bidding and um yeah so we submitted an offer and the um the, uh, the the new home sales agent called me and started laughing at the offer and it was caught me off guard and it was like something that 
no one has ever done before. Like who, like who the hell who like, called you, you? An offer? <laughs> like for like a full ass offer, you know? And so it was like it, I, it's immediately put me in a bad mood, and I did not want to do any sort of business with that um, a set builder. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it was something that I would never forget, kind of thing you know like like you said before like be nice to the other agent so don't piss off the people who bring you business yeah you know like it doesn't matter if the market is good or the market is shit like be be nice to people <laughs> yeah and i think that's the one thing a lot of agents will forget is they want to play this hardball or they want to play this arrogant card when the market's really good but then when the market's bad, you're begging us to bring you an offer, no matter what the number is. So it just goes back to, I mean, try to befriend the agents. Try to just be a nice agent when it comes to it. Because I guarantee you, in the future, that's going to help you with your negotiating. Because the people that actually produce in Houston, that world is small. And if you piss off one of the agents, other agents are going to wind up finding out. I mean, we do that sometimes where we'll have an agent and he's like, oh yeah, I'm dealing with this agent. And I'm like, oh God, I dealt with that person. Like they're going to, it's going to be a nightmare. Just buckle up. <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I, yeah, I think the old school agents, um, like the, the, the ones that was in the, uh, has been in the business for like 30 something years. I always tell them that they have this, um, uh, uh for lack of a better word, like godlike complex, you know, like they, they want um, themselves to come out as like the winning party, you know, but in the reality is that like, if you be nice to like both parties, you be nice to the other agent and they're going to make the deal a lot smoother and a lot uh, less complicated, you know? So it's, I think it's nicer to um, literally what's what's do people say like you catch more fly with honey than vinegar? Yeah. So it's kind of like that. Yeah. Perfect example of that is you know the house that we're sitting in now. You know, had a agent come through with a her buyer that's seen the house three times. He was he flat out said I was ready to write up an offer today, and she came in and just completely trashed the house because it wasn't to her liking and her location of what she wanted. And in the back of my mind, I'm like, you're passing up a $2 million sale because you don't particularly like the house. If your client likes it, you better love it, no matter what it looks like, because you're not the one living here. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that part of it there, I get where she was trying to play the, okay, I'm going to be honest with you card, but that kind of shot her in the foot of you just lost yourself on a sale when your client mm-hmm. flat out said I was about to write an offer. Yeah, I mean, like, I think it's, it's um, crucial for you to give your honest opinion, but a lot of it is that the, your opinion has to be relevant to what your client wants. Exactly. Not, not your, like, your opinions cannot just rely on your personal taste. Mm-hmm. And if it's that, then you need to make it clear for the client that is your own taste that's why you think it the way it it is but a lot of the time you need to be objective and you know based on what you know about the clients you're working for and um and base your opinion on that like on their needs Mm -hmm. not like 
like what you like at, in your own house. Yeah, because <laughs> you don't live there. <laughs> so, so before we wrap this up, uh, we want to end it on a lighter note. So Jason, what is one deal that you've done in your career? Which I know you've done many deals, but what's one deal that kind of stuck out to you that you know it was kind of the smoothest deal that you've had with negotiations went well. You know, you and the agent got along. All clients are happy. Every like it is literally just a picture perfect scenario. What's that one scenario for you where negotiations just went flawless? Um. So, uh, I have one. I guess uh, it was a. So I was listing this house for a builder at the beginning of last year, and um, and there, there was some hiccups in the beginning. But uh, uh, long story short. That we have multiple offer situation, and I we ended up picking the offer that the uh, second realtor brought in, and she brought in her client over asking price without any with uh, without asking for anything in return from the builder, which is perfect example like what you were mentioning um, before, yeah. for, uh, um, a little bit earlier, um, and usually I have to. Handhold the agent a lot. Like I have to tell them uh, what to do, when to do it. You know, like checking on on them like constantly just to get a response. But this uh, agent was was so hands on. Like she um, tell exactly what her buyer needs to do. Uh, in uh, when they we they were uh, when we were working in a deal and. I didn't have to touch anything, and we closed within 20 days, and it was the smoothest transaction I have ever done. And she and I stayed friends, and then um, six months later, she reached out to me asking, uh, you know, my opinion on different brokerages, and I asked her to join the Nan Fam. <laughs> so um, yeah, so it w- it's just one of those things that I think, you know, like I think relationship goes a long way, you know, like. You, if you be friended with the other agent, like like I said, both parties have the the same end goal. Let's you know be nice to each other and get there. Yeah. So yeah. What about what about you? Um, I would probably say my the best one has to deal with it was actually an agent and a buyer. I uh, had a property in Montrose that I was listing and I was selling it for the second time. Uh, I sold it the first time as a new construction to a young couple, and then the young couple called me about a year and a half later saying that they were starting a family and that they wanted to sell their house. So sold it for them. We ended up having an offer within 14 days and then three backup offers right after that. Well, we ended up having to use every single one of those backup offers, but the last agent that came in, it was her and her husband buying it. And she was just the smoothest, nicest person to deal with because we set up expectations from the beginning. Here's the terms that we were giving the previous buyer. If these are terms that you were willing to agree to, then we could potentially move over to you if this doesn't work out with the other buyer. Well, not only did she bring an offer that was $25,000 higher, she even asked for lesser things. And then during inspections when they do their tub fill-up thing, I guess there was a small nail that had penetrated a pipe. Well, water started gushing out, ended up messing up the roof and leaking onto the floor. And 
she didn't even want the seller to pay for any of that. She said, this is our fault. We're going to pay for it. Wow. You know, I'll eat the four or $5,000 cost that it's going to take for this. And to this day, I mean, we still text, we still chat. I'm actually listing the house across the street from her. So whenever I go over there, she'll come over and talk to me. And, you know, you just ended it on a good term. And so that's probably my favorite story of a negotiation. Yeah. It's nice to like encounter um, nice agents. <laughs> it is. It is. And no, most agents that, that I deal with, they be, you become nice. You have to play the hardball sometimes when you're, you know, trying to get that last little finish of a negotiation, whether it be a price or a repair credit or something. But for the most part, I mean, I think most deals that I've done have been nice between the agents. Uh, well, I think we covered a lot, Jason. I hope this gave you all some good tips and things to keep in mind as you walk into your next negotiation. And remember, if you're in need of any real estate advice or service, we're here to help. Don't hesitate to reach out to me directly. Again, I'm Thomas Uresti, and you can follow me at, at Thomas Uresti and my co-host. Uh, Jason Nguyen at, uh, my handle is jasonwin.re on Instagram. All right, well, thanks so much, guys, for listening, and we will talk to you soon.